Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 35 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Fans for Fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media back in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. But this week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400 at Texas Motor Speedway. Steve, welcome back. Episode 35, Texas playoffs, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> That's all we heard about <laughs> was the heat and relentlessly heard about cool suits all weekend long and whether they worked, when they worked, how they worked, if they don't work, who's working for made a joke in the discord chat like man have we not i hope there's at some point where they can perfect this cool suit technology so we don't have to hear about it anyway i digress but yeah hot in texas that's all we heard all weekend long and when it doesn't work right that's not good it you is can, not you could just boil in that thing i guess uh <laughs> what they say uh bj mcleod i think his suit wasn't yeah. working properly so uh, it's no bueno um guys were you know losing eight to ten pounds during the race, you know, just 120, 135 degrees in the car at times. I think Saturday they said it was even hotter than maybe Sunday, but yeah, that was rough. The, um, uh, but the racing though, what'd you think of the, the racing overall? I thought the Xfinity race was pretty good. The cup race, I, you know, I went in with such low expectations, but I think the amount of natural cautions and things that happened really helped stuff. Well, Cause that's all you hear about well, Texas now is let's reconfigure it. Let's reconfigure it. What'd you, what were your thoughts? Well, that's what it come down to is the, the heat, the heat caused it to be really slick, especially one and two to the point where guys couldn't control as much as they normally do. So yeah, you're right. It caused a couple, uh, natural cautions that kind of bunched the field up and got a restart and got things going. Um, but the racing itself for the most part, <laughs> no bueno, you know, get behind a guy unless you're three or four tenths faster, really can't get to them or get past them. Um, really truthfully, this plays to Ryan's advantage as the race goes on, uh, as we go through here. Um, you'll hear me talking about, you know, him running in front of guys or behind guys, but nobody getting by him, you know, even though he's on two tires and they're on fresh tires, you know, so uh, it definitely played to the advantage of, of a car that might be a little weaker than some of the other cars uh, once you got that track position. So, you know, but yeah, the racing, it, you know, except for those times where the cautions gathered the field back up and gave us those good restarts, you know, it, uh, yeah, no. So Ryan didn't really, because of, you know, he starts, we'll talk about it, starts kind of in the back for much of that first stage. And then even when he's running up front later on, he didn't really get much TV time and trying to follow this race based on just the tracker 
was was really frustrating and it's it was mainly i think just because the way you know guys racing around each other the different lines that they have like one second it'll look like they're right up on each other and the next second the gap is wider and i think it's just you know when some guys swing out higher up into the pj1 and other guys hug the bottom it just kind of ebbs and flows like a yo-yo back and forth back and forth and i would get worried for a second because i thought somebody was was catching about to pass and then 10 seconds later oh they're two tenths back so but you're right uh as well you mentioned the fact that as with some of these tracks and not all the, you know, a lot of the mile and a half have been awesome racing. Texas has had some problems, but had this issue, as you said, you know, you can get up behind a guy. Maybe you think you're going to get there to pass them and you can't. And when you, you make, try to make a pass and fail, then you're, you're just going to lose time every time. So, um, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what we saw a lot of, um, I don't want to say mirror driving, but, uh, you know, where's the guy behind me running? Oh, he's uh, up on the seam or he's got two wheels here, you know, wherever there. And they get down to that turn and you match that. And then it it puts dirty air on his nose. And then, yeah, he's two tenths slower all of a sudden, even though he may have been faster than you coming into that lap, but just, yeah, it's just perfect, perfect way of driving to keep the guy behind you. Um, especially when you're not really gaining on the guys in front of you. And then clean air being King um, was, you know, at the point the five car was leading, uh, was he that much better than everybody else? Not really. What he was, was in clean air and nobody else was. And then next thing you know, he's five seconds up. So, you know. So we mentioned Ryan starting in the back. Let's uh, go through that. What happened there in practice and qualifying at Texas practice. Yeah. Practice and qualifying. Um, they were in group a this week with uh 22 was actually in his group. Uh, they were talking right off the bat. Let's do 15, 20 laps if it's good. Um, but after five laps, Ryan brought it in. He just says not very good here. Um, they're only about, you know, eighth quick. Once again, eighth quick is still 0.139 back of the 34 car. So, it's not much over a, over a lap that big, you know, but it's, it's a, it's enough, you know, um, uh, 12 minutes left. They come back out. The wind has picked up for instance, since the start of practice too, can that kind of like will bother the lap times a little bit, you know, um, run four, five more laps comes back in, um, six minutes left. He comes back out. Uh, the 20 spun off of two there giving a little caution there. didn't hit anything, but uh, then the track opened up pretty quick afterwards. Uh, they did do a hot pit road entry, um, but he was in that group. He was third fastest of the playoff drivers, you know, which was kind of interesting. Can you figure there was, you know, six guys in his group, but it was the eight, the 24, the, the 12, the six, the 19 and the 20, uh, you know, the fast five, um, fast five there were the 34 the 22 the 8 the 10 the 24 so it kind of tells you like the you know the 8 was was no it wasn't even the fastest guy in the group you know of the playoff guys so uh they did run about 17 laps here um this and this kind of like hurts those averages because people look at the average thing and if you look at it you know they're five laps five laps seven laps you know whatever it was, there was five, six, and six, whatever it was. Well, the only thing you're going to get is a five-lap average. You're not going to get a 10-lap average or 15-lap average out of that. Um, the other thing they do show is an average of all laps. Uh, sometimes that's telling, but it's not really, because if you go back out and uh, go, you know, come back in and go back out, um, you hope to gain as you come back out. But then again, the lap times may look good, 
but not as good as the earlier lap times because the tires are worn out. It's just, it, it's really hard to watch sometimes and try to figure out what kind of gain they actually had. Um, group B's fast five ended up being the five, the 43, the 11, the one, the 17. And uh, thir- Ryan was like 13th overall. Um, and he was still only one point or point one three nine back at the 34 during that. So a bunch of guys just jumped in between basically um, speed wise from the, from the uh, second group, uh, the group a qualifying goes out 13th. Um, the 47 came out there and spun on his lap. <laughs> um, Ryan ran a 29.097 and t- says it's no different. Uh, it was the same as practice. So, um, just didn't have the grip he wanted, uh, top five were the 20, um, 16, the eight, the six and the 99, um, Ryan ended up 11th in the group and it was the worst of the playoff guys in the group, um, group B, uh, the top five were the five, the 23, the 11, but yeah, 23, 11, one 54, 17. I'm sorry. Um, group B was faster overall. Um, uh, so Ryan ends up tw- starting 23rd and the uh, 23 gets the pole. Um, huge, huge lap for, uh, for those guys. I think we mentioned it last week and I've mentioned it to talking about other pe- people, but there's, there's times when teams kind of elevate their game and execute and the 2311 team with, with Bubba Wallace going into these playoffs, like, man, I can't, you know, outside of the teams that have gone out there and won races, but they've basically done everything they've needed to do these last several weeks to keep surviving and advancing and getting stage points. And I think this is only a second poll ever. So kudos to them. Um, Ryan does a pre-race interview before this race and mentions that they worked hard all night to try to come up with something to make the car faster. So um, it gave me a little bit of a glimmer of hope. I was re- definitely really concerned with how deep they were starting in the field, especially with everything we talked about with it being difficult to pass and kind of getting stuck back in dirty air. So um, I think going into the race, I was maybe glass half full. <laughs> I'm not sure versus empty, but um, once we get into things though, um, I didn't start to feel very good though after, after the race kicks off. Uh. Spare change comes out in, on Sunday morning, and I listened to that. and And Lajoy mentioned something about being trimmed out, and it's something you think of at at the super speedways, you know, not as much at, at a mile and a half. And I thought, well, did teams do that? Did a couple of teams up in the front trimmed out to the point where when they start this race and drop the flag, they're not going to have as much grip. Um, you know, they had just what they needed for one lap. And, you know, when they run five or six laps, they're going to fall back. And, uh, you know, our cars like Ryan's set up for more of a longer run. Um, so that, that was what I was interested to see how much of that was going on. You know, um, they had stages of 80, 160, 267, nine sets of tires, pit stall 15, uh, the one car in front of him, the 78 behind him, uh, Roger's there. Roger comes on, wish everybody luck on the radio. Um, Josh, Ryan asked Josh if he has enough sunscreen up there. Uh, Josh says, I'm already cooked. Um, so it was hot. And the, and the guys up on top of the roof, they don't do anything for them. I, you know, they need to put some umbrellas up there and some fans and something. Cause yeah, I heard they had maybe had some coolers with some water, but Texas is another one of those tracks that there is no cover up yeah. there. Not many of them do, but um, I think they're afraid of stuff blowing off, but yeah, 
feel bad for those guys. And, you know, I thought July or, um, you know, Atlanta in July before they went to a night race was bad for Josh, but mm-hmm. this sounded like this one was really, really brutal. Um, we get to the start here and, um, the restart was not very, very good on this one here. The 47, 31, the 41, the first couple laps pass him. So he's back to like 26th and lap five. He does pass the 41 to get to 25th. Um, and he says about lap eight or nine there, they're no different than practice. Um, lap 17, the entry is looser at both ends. Lap 33, uh, Jonathan asks uh, Josh for an update here because just they're coming up to some some pit stops possibly. Uh, Ryan says they're tight center, three and four. Uh, and after that, way loose. Uh, more free than tight. Um, and Jonathan tells them most guys are complaining free. So they're, you know, they're not, the only one with these problems um, by a lap 39 and a, a green flag pitting starts um, the 20, 22 and the 47 are right in front of Ryan and they duck to pit road and the 22 man, he doesn't wave. He doesn't let them know they're coming to pit road. I don't know if this was a last second decision on their part or the teams didn't communicate with each other, but it almost wrecks Ryan because he comes right up. You know, and it kind of has to swerve around both these guys. Um, and we get a, a lap 42 caution for the three car. Uh, he was P3 at the time of the caution because they had stayed out. So this actually was kind of cool. It was going to flip things a little bit. Um, tells them loose is the biggest issue. They're pitting. Um, they actually gain a position off a of pit road, of, of the you know, in front of one of the guys that was in front of him. And this was a 9.342 second stop. Um, you know, uh, a stop of the week, the pure tech stop of the week too. And, um, there it is. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, the pit crew was on fire last couple weeks and all throughout this race You mentioned, they gained a spot there. They gained spots, uh, other points of this race, but yeah, man, they were on it for sure. Yeah. Um, Johnson says he gave him some right rear air pressure here. And on that adjustment, uh, P 21 after the car cycle. Uh, some cars also took a wave round because they were lapped down from pitting. Um, 23 is the leader at this point, taking the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom, restarting at lap 49. Then we get a caution for the 10 and the 48. Um, it looks like the 48 actually hit the 34. Um, it's causing this whole thing. Uh, Ryan's up to 19th here. They're staying out. Uh, we have 23 taking the bottom. Ryan taking the top. And lap 54 restarting. And then we get a caution for the 51 and their wheel problem, which happened. two pit stop two options earlier you know they were out there for a whole uh cycle caution and it hadn't come off yet but there it does uh ryan's up to 20th here staying out again ryan uh, 23 taking the bottom ryan taking the bottom restarting at lap 59 at lap 60 the eight uh, the tv shows us they're saying something about the eight car thinks he has a flat um at this point but he doesn't have an issue right away at least um Lap 63, he's messing with the 54, the 7, the 41, the 14. They kind of all get bundled up there, and Ryan ends up 24th after that. Um, he really couldn't defend very well with the way they came around him. Um, and uh, actually, at this point, nine of the top 10 cars are playoff cars. At lap 74, we get a caution for the eight. So here's where it, it does whatever happens to that wheel or tire happened. Um and it really kind of smashed him up pretty good. Um, Thought he was going to be furious, 
but his interview was actually pretty tame at right after the wreck. And I think later on when they had to do availability for the playoff drivers, but I thought he was going to be livid that he'd been saying for laps, something's wrong. They kept telling him to stay out, try to stay it out to the end of the stage. And then, yeah, completely junks the car. We get, um, they either, they said either a five or a three, depending on how many come down, but they end up staying out. So they judged, um, basically basically recounting how many guys come to pit road versus how many spots they could gain. And this kind of is a, there's actually ends up being a greatest move of the race right here. Cause this changes the whole day. Um, and on this pit sequence, the 54 hits the 11, um, does a little bit of damage to the 11, the 54, did the 54 have that much damage? Cause later on he comes right in and yeah, they said they, he broke a steering rod or something like that. And I didn't even realize it when it, he, they, they did an interview with him at the care center. And I was like, really? I was like, I'm like, I did not expect that. And then, yeah, I guess, yeah, he, he hit him with enough force, <laughs> but the, 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 the 54 was like, and they, they showed the view from pit lane. They were confused as to why when he left his stall, he didn't go out to the outside lanes of pit road. I mean, it's a pretty wide pit road mm-hmm. and he, he stayed snug down to the where the cars were pitting and the 11 just came out and drove right into him didn't have anywhere to go so the funny part is like the 54 um was driving like a wild man to begin with during this race before this happened and to me it was almost like well that was the last straw grandpa said bring it in (laughs) we can't have you out there endangering anybody anymore because he was he was driving really wild as the race was going so um because the, the one sequence where he does pass Ryan, he's all over the place. It was not a very, it was a dangerous thing to watch. I think the whole, you know, till that point, he was not, what do they say, the uh, a dart without any flights or something like that? or <laughs> Without feathers, um, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So the leaders of 17 here taking the bottom, Ryan taking the top. Um, and uh, 23 is behind Ryan. And I point that out because on these restarts, getting a good push sometimes is very helpful. Um, they only do this like as a one um, one lap uh, deal here. Uh, the 45 wins the stage. And within that one lap, Ryan ends up seventh. So we flipped the field. We've gotten ourselves into the top 10. We got stage points at the end of the stage. Which I did not think was possible. You know, the way he was stuck back in traffic for a majority of that first stage. I was just like, oh, man, this is the opposite of what we need in the playoffs. We need to be up front. You know, didn't qualify up front. And um, like you said, that was definitely, I mean, there's some other great calls the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. That was definitely the call of the race to get up there. And, I mean, they just gutsy call after gutsy call the whole way through um, until they have an issue a little bit later on. Yeah, the um, the 6 and the 19 hit each other here during this sequence um that's you know a couple of playoff guys endangering themselves here uh jonathan uh asks uh ryan what he thinks of blue as their call they got 15 laps in their tires and they end up staying out um so the 45 leader here and ryan is in p5 for this restart so a bunch of guys took the same strategy and stayed out it wasn't just the only one uh restarting a lap 87 here um uh, battling the 14 car um yeah, finally, after a couple laps, it does pass the 14 up to fifth. Um, at this point, I, I have a note here, nine, lap 91 is his fastest lap of the race at a 30.017, but then the next lap is a 29.945. 
So 90 some laps into the race, they're running some of their fastest or running their fastest lap of the race, which tells you a couple things. They're on old tires, you know, which is interesting as heck. But on the other hand, they're up closer to the front. They're in the clean air and uh, they have made some adjustments to the car on the pit stop prior. So, you know, they, they improved the performance of the car at this point enough to do that. Uh, lap 97 here, the 11 does pass. He's back to six. At lap 98, the five passes back to seventh. Um, at lap uh, 102, he's battling the one car here. And at lap 111, we get a caution for the seven car. Um, Ryan says we're overall tighter. Uh, Jonathan asks him, what do you think? Uh, you want to do rights here? And Ryan says track position is king. Um, so Jonathan says yellow is the call. He says stop it short. The one will be coming around two tires and he says watch for flores which i find totally you know I, I yeah we learned that not, yeah learned that early in the earlier in the year i mean they said they were going to make an adjustment on the after they had a devastating two tire stop uh several races ago and the, every time they go to do one now they're very very careful about what they need to do to get out of that box yeah so coming off pit road here it's the 23 then 12 then the 12 so uh, p2 23 taking the bottom, Ryan taking the top. And when you're watching it on the in-car camera on your TV, uh, it's a it's the greatest thing to look out the windshield, not see anything in front of you, you know. Uh, the 99 is the one pushing him at this point. They're restarting at lap 119. Um, here we go, lap 121, a 29.671 lap, another fast fastest lap. Um, lap 130 is talking about getting a little bit free. Um Lap 136, the five is coming, and Ryan asks where the five is running. Um, now, lap 137, the five does pass. He gets to third. He was a rocket ship at this point. I mean, yeah, he's blown and, by everybody. And, and he is one of the cars that had four tires, so it does help a lot. Um, and uh, but uh, lap um, 143 here, the 11 passes. So Ryan's in fourth here. And Larson had taken the lead by this point. So he, he had passed his way all up to the lead. Uh, lap 144, the 43 car comes into the scene, passes, and we're back to fifth. At um, lap uh, 154, uh, the five has a four-second lead on the on the 11 car in second. So clean air. He got out there. Starting to blow him away. At lap 158, um, we do pass the 23 car here up to fourth. So 23 car, one of the fastest cars of the day. He's longer run. He started to lose his handling. And and that's that. That was one of the few ways you could pass somebody. Um, the five wins stage two, Ryan P four, you know, Roger comes on and says, great job. Waiting to hang in there, you know, and not uh, see this coming. <laughs> no, it made some, stage. I mean, like, yeah, staying out two tires. I mean, all that stuff got the track position they needed and he was able to, to battle up there and, and keep those spots. And I think it might've been, I don't know if it was during the sequence or not, but I heard different times where Josh, you kind of mentioned that, you know, their car wasn't falling off. Like mm-hmm. other people were like, you're the only one, yeah. you're the only one holding steady. You're the only one that, so yeah. great job all around team and uh driver up to that point. Yeah. This is what you wanted to see, you know, on the day. Sure. Ultimately, you want to start in the top 10 or stop top five even, but starting where they did to be able to get stage points in both stages, have perfect pit stops, have great strategy calls with all the cautions and when they fell, um, you know, this, this race as a whole is looking up, you know, 
uh, the driver doing a fabulous job holding his position when he has it, even though, like I said, his car probably wasn't as fast as a couple of the cars that, that you know, and they, one or two of them did go by him, you know, but once again, on a long run, he was doing very well with old tires and, and the other guys were falling back to him too. So thought the rest of this race was going to be a lot of fun to watch here. Um, we do, um, you know, Jonathan tells we'll stop short again because the one car is going to be coming around. Um, and we get, uh, you know, in P4, out P4 with a 9.743 stop. Uh, Ryan says something about the 43 and the five cars where the, the one side of the car looks really low to him. So he's kind of like commenting what he sees in front of him a little bit there. Like maybe something's going on with those cars or maybe that's why those cars are handling better than his. Both were uh, super fast. Yes. Uh, five taking the bottom here. Ryan taking the top restarting at lap 172. Uh, like I said, he's earned 11 points in two stages. Uh, he sorts out the P4 here. We got the five, the 43, the 11, then the 12, and then the 23 actually in fifth. Um, at lap 185, um, P4 with the 23 trailing him. At lap 188, the six passes the 23. Uh, lap 190, and that's happening behind him, you know. So it's, it's he's holding his position while these guys are messing around. Lap um 195 Ryan says we need a little bit better and he tightened up a bit at lap 200 um still p4 he's almost almost 10 seconds back of the leader <laughs> and he's over three seconds back of third place you know clean air just you know guys were able to get get away from each other um and at uh you know the the six car is actually behind him but he's a half a second back um, you know, Ryan talks about maybe a number tighter on, on entry at uh, lap 208. Um, Johnson says we're about 10 away from a cycle. Uh, green flag stops actually start to begin for some guys. And then at lap 209, we get a caution for the 99. Uh, you know, Roger comes on, says real good job there. Keep it up. Um, and we're pitting for four tires here and it's a 9.543 stop. They went in fourth. They come out fifth. It was the sixth car that was able to beat them off a of pit road. Um, I have too fast section two is what we were told over the radios. Um, uh, you know, take people, a turn. Yeah. TV, <laughs> TV said too fast entering, but section two, you know, some people were saying, well, he was following Denny. I can figure one of two things. Either after he hit pit road, he closed the gap on Denny, and that's what was his speeding. Or once he got closer to his pit stall and ducked out from behind Denny, he pushed a little bit there and went went across the timing lane too fast. But it was okay. First off, they're given a five mile an hour grace period, grace speed to begin with, so they're allowed five miles an hour more um, than uh, than the speed limit. And he was still over that. So he was over that by, what was it? They said 0. 0.02 or something like that. It was barely over. Yep. And, um, you know, usually they're pretty conservative on the lights to begin with, you know. Uh, you know, he apologized pretty much right away. Um, you know, he, he didn't really get real, real mad. He kept kept his head on there and, you know, it's okay, we're going to have to battle here. Uh, so they're restarting a lap 214 for 27th position, and it was tail end too. So you got to go around a couple guys. Um, by lap 219, he's up to 25th. At lap 222, we pass in the 77 and the 42 up to 23rd. 
Okay. Lap 235, we're chasing the 16 car down. Uh, the five cars up to almost five second lead now on the 43. At lap 243, we get a caution for the 15. And Jonathan says something about going yellow for their call here. Um, and they didn't totally discuss it, but I believe this is a situation where he gets to decide. In other words, they're looking at the number of cars in front of them that stay out. And then the driver makes the decision. And um, because, because what happens is they do come to pit road and as they do, Ryan says, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. He announces to everybody that he's coming to pit road. Um, they've got two tires ready to go because uh, they do a two tire stop and they gain three, three spots on pit road versus the cars they come down pit road with by doing this. So um, they're up to 20, 21st here for this restart. I would uh, say even if he did stay out, he maybe was going to be like, 17th 16th. Yeah. it didn't he yeah. wasn't going to go much further so might as well come down and put some tires on tires that's on. kind of what right. i thought at least yeah and, and once it ends up here the leader uh taking takes the bottom ryan takes the top on this restart lap 247 now we only got 20 laps to go on this restart happens and these guys all get up underneath each other basically and on a restart and try to push 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 their line push the guy in front of them hopefully get a push from behind and get a little bit of a draft going for the lap, lap or two before they separate from each other. Um, at uh, lap 248, we get the caution for the five car, and this was that with the 23, where he was underneath the 23, and this is the same thing that happened in Michigan with, with Kyle Busch. Um, didn't touch him, never touched him, but he took the air off him just right and uh, spun him out. And Kyle uh, uh, Larson says this in the post-race that uh, – if you'd have given them a couple more feet of distance between them, that it wouldn't have happened, but it packed the air in there. They were so tight to each other. Honestly, he was way up off the bottom yeah. too. So it's not like Bubba was crowding him down there. Bubba was all the way up in the PJ one pretty high actually. So um, I don't know, but I, I was interested to see the reaction. I think plenty of other things happened mixed with the, what Larson said in the post race. I thought people would be giving Bubba a lot more, crap about this but uh seemed to, to blow over and i'm glad because as you said didn't touch yeah. him and totally a racing touch arrow incident mm-hmm. yeah um so we're gonna have the 23 ends up taking the ryan's in 20th and 23 takes the top ryan takes the top for this restart at lap 253 and as they come around on that first lap we get the uh, calamity with the 45 and the 43 slapping the wall coming out of four coming across the front stretch and uh, Ryan ends up in the middle of that. Um, this once again, I said a couple couple minutes ago here uh, that they're up on each other. They're all pushing each other. There was nowhere to go. Um, there's nothing that Josh could say. There's nothing that Ryan could do any different. He's trying to push the car in front of him. The car behind him is trying to push him. Somebody makes an air in front of him, and they were they were so close so close to each other they couldn't check up. And uh, just, yeah, they all just uh, drove into the wall. Like, yeah, I kind of made the not joke to you, but I was saying I can see how he did that because I've done it. And I said in my very professional experience on iRacing, because we know how good I am there. Mm-hmm. I've done it plenty of times, following a guy close, trying to get behind him and make a pass. And they've gone way too wide and they get into the wall and I just drive right into the wall with them. So, man, that stunk. Um, 
they it's just to... kind of one of those situations where a good day went bad and then just went got worse. Yeah, and um, you know, where where he finishes compared to where he could have finished might be eight or ten spots, which you know, um, they come. But the, here's the thing: is they try to come back out on the track, they try to run a couple more laps under caution if they could, um, just to get beyond somebody so that and i think it worked for a position or two to tell you the truth yeah um joey so, did this at a race before as well like it seems like a, they try to get it fixed enough but yeah he was crab walking pretty yeah yeah pretty they, heavily knew, slow they, they and, knew they weren't going to make minimum speed so as soon as the you know as soon as they got at least one more lap and they brought it in and, and, and ran it off the track but um it um uh, you know, the, the restart for the end of the race ended up being pretty spectacular because you had the 23 racing the 14 looked like the two of them were going to, you know, battle it out. And then they got so loose and, and wild, uh, the 24 just snuck underneath them and did the things that the 24 does. He just shows up Feels all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think like is. at least three of his six wins this year, I don't want to say steals them because they put themselves in position. You know, this is a team that is executing at an elite level. Obviously, they have three more wins than anybody else in, in the field mm-hmm. at six. So the next closest drivers have three. So uh, kudos to them. I mean, if, you know, they're not a championship favorite, I don't know who is. So, but man, I'm just, <laughs> I feel like I've seen him win in person more than anybody else. And I wasn't mm-hmm. in Texas, but just so seen him win so much. And you just get a little bit frustrated that you know the 12 isn't able to get there and they man you know the team from the the top of the pit box down crew chief engineers pit crew members the driver for 95 percent of the race executed this race perfectly and just one small mental mistake kind of just just took them out of this thing ryan as you said apologized profusely on the radio his post-race interview um, kind of said the same stuff, apologized yeah. again, basically said he, he kind of took them out of possibly having a good finish. And once you're in the back, you can get swept up in accidents like this. Um, the only thing I wanted to say was everything was going so well at all levels here that when Ryan does make this mistake, and I want to be clear, it is okay to admit that the driver made a mistake a lot of fans and i'm not even just gonna say ryan fans a lot of fans in general are really quick trying to point the finger at anybody else they possibly can you know this 12 pit crew has been hammered forever (laughs) uh this crew chief has been hammered all year long for different strategy calls and things like that and you know they didn't people didn't have that this time and people are just grasping at straws and trying to find somebody possibly to blame. It is okay to acknowledge the fact that a driver made an error here. Even if you are the biggest Ryan Blaney fan of all time, which I kind of feel like we are. Um, He's a human. He makes mistakes. Yeah. It happened at a really, really bad time in the season. Um, But they got two races left in, uh, in this round and they're, they're Mm going to head to a track next week that he's had extreme amount of success in his career. So, all is not lost, but also it's okay to be frustrated. You know, if he finishes in the top 10, even 11th finishes 15th at worst or something, if crazy things happened. Say mm-hmm. he gets caught up in that, that craziness still, but spins and had to pin and was able to come back out. 
they were going to come out of this race above the cut line because of the strategy calls they made to flip their track position early in this race. They gained tons of stage points. We're running up front with a car that could not qualify in the top 20. Um, man, they did everything right. Just one error kind of took them out of it. That That's playoff racing. That's where guys that are driving at an elite level advance through these stages and get a chance mm-hmm. to race for a championship. So um, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to admit that the driver made an error and nobody on this planet feels worse about it right now than the driver of the 12 car. And I'm sure yeah. he's going to do everything that he can this week to put them in a better position to advance to the the next round over these next two races. Yeah. I mean, this, these are still our guys. This is still our team, you know, and, and we've been following Ryan for, for as long as we can remember. And, um, you know, these things are going to happen if you, you know, there's, there's one of two things you can do. You can, you can, you know, just bury your head in the sand or you can you know, rise up above it, learn from it, uh, recover, you know, like a Phoenix rising from the ashes or, uh, you know, just getting knocked down and getting back up again, you know, uh, show your character, uh, rebound, you know, that there's all those, you know, sports metaphors. I just can rattle them all off. But the, the truth is, is, you know, we've seen them do it. They'll come back. They'll try again this week coming up. It's not that far off from, from getting back to the cut line within a, within a race, you know, and, uh, going to give it their best this weekend. Do it again. So let's talk about that cut line going into this round. Ryan did go in under the cut line at six points back. Uh, after everything that happened at Texas, and honestly, luckily, because of the fact that they got so many stage points early on, you know, doesn't sit that far b- below the cut line. Minus 11 points. He is in the 11th position out of the 12 drivers that are still left in this round. Uh, Kyle Bush is in 12th at minus 17. So, again, Bush at minus 17, Blaney at minus 11, Reddick at minus 3, and Bubba Wallace, who I had a great first uh, race here, nearly won that race, is at minus 2. And I think he went in at like minus 18 or 19 or something like that. So one that can, that shows you right there. One good Mm -hmm. race can kind of flip your odds of making it to the next round. Uh, The rest of the way, Larson's in eighth. Keselowski's in seventh. Chastain is in six at plus 12 Truex. uh, The regular season champ had some more issues, a couple of different incidents in this race. Uh, He's 19 to the good. Bell is in fourth at 20 to the good. Busher is in third continues there you know, streak of running really strong, uh, 22 to the good. Denny Hamlin is in second 37 to the good. And now William Byron with that victory at Texas has advanced to the next, uh, round the round of eight. So, um, minus 11, you know, honestly, things could be a lot worse. Say they never made the strategy calls. They stayed in the back, got caught up in that crash. It would be in a much more precarious position, but luckily they did execute for a majority of that race. And like you said, from where they were running at the end after the penalty, yeah, there's maybe a difference of seven or eight positions from where, um, where he finished due to the attrition in this race. There's so many cautions, a lot of guys that were torn up, a lot of guys that lost wheels and tore their cars up. So, and the fact that he kind of limped around for as many, as long as they could with all those busted up parts, um, that might've gained him a couple positions there. So, that's what we're looking at. Um, one more thing on a more positive note to go through, which is surprising, is still talking about our Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League and how things are checking out there. Um, I didn't have an amazing week. I had some issues here, and I'll go through what my starting lineup and my problems were. Um, started Denny Hamlin, got me 42 points. Started Keselowski, got me 34. Uh, here's my problem, child. Ty Gibbs 
got me just four points, unfortunately. Uh, Bubba Wallace got me 37. Chastain got me 38. I had initially had Kyle Busch in my starting lineup, and I think I had Bubba in the garage. So I flopped those because Bubba was running extremely well. Um, and then Kyle Busch crashed out. So I honestly, if if I didn't, if I had somebody, anybody other than Ty Gibbs, uh, I probably would have done much, much better. Featured matchups. I had Byron over Truex. That was right. I had Bush over Busher. That was wrong. I had Reddick over Blaney. That was right. And um, apparently I made a bonehead move here. In, in the fourth, it lists no pick, which I don't necessarily understand because uh, when I went through all my picks, it went to that screen where it asks you if you want to copy your entries to other your other leagues that you're in. And I'm in a couple of other leagues and it. I got all the way through there. So I am going to call BS on that and say this is not my fault. So um, it was Larson and Hamlin. And honestly, though, I probably was going to pick Larson over Larson. Hamlin. So um <laughs> I guess I probably wouldn't have gotten the points no matter what. So uh, that got me 175 total points and I was 33rd on the day. So not great. Um, not really that great, <laughs> but I, I, I'm still doing okay though in the playoff standings. What did your team look like for uh, this race at Texas? I had uh, Bubba, Chris Busher, Brad Keselowski, um, Larson and Hamlin. So when the Larson thing happened, it was too late to swap that out, which really bummed me out because uh, Bell is who I had in the in the garage, <laughs> and Bell would have been about uh, twenty five more points <laughs> if if I had him in there. Um, once again, if Larson doesn't crash, I would have had uh, probably that same amount of points. So um, I had Byron over Truex, that was good. I had uh, Busher over Bush, that was good. I had Reddick over Ryan, and then I the one I missed missed was larson uh, over hamlin which once again if it doesn't happen that way he might have finished in front of hamlin uh but uh still pretty good good enough for, yeah you uh, ended uh, up in uh 11th on the day a four-way tie for 11th including my wife who uh also got 197 points with uh moose hunter and blaney's daisy all there tied for 11th but more importantly let's talk about the top 10 go larson in 10th with 201 dusty hawk 30 and 9th with 202 uh, tie for seventh here with Blaney the Goat and Steel Lion at 204. And six was no hesitation, 207. Fifth, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 211. Fourth, Blaney or Bust at 218. Third, Whip Wilson, 223. Second, Dr. Race Chaser at 228. Uh, follow of ours on X slash Twitter and a really great follow. He goes to tons of races. And in the first position this week at Texas Motor Speedway and points earned, Cheesehead Fan, 238 points. Now let's switch on over to the playoff standings. And uh, it's kind of cool that both of us are in the top 10, so I don't have to scroll all the way down and find one of our other teams. So the top mm-hmm. 10 in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League playoff standings. In 10th, U.S. Calvin at 799. In 9th, Cool Guy 2K, 800. 8th, Fike 21 at 816. 7th, your team, Mez 12, 817. 6th, 0, Schlitz given, 821. My team in fifth, Team Blaney host Adam, 824. In fourth, Factory of Sadness, six at 831. Third, Moose Hunter, 1960, 838. And second, The Nutty Gamer, 840. And leading the way in the playoff standings, Whip Wilson, 867 points. Overall, I do have to scroll down here, but I am improving. 34th position, Team Blaney host Adam, 5,433 points. 
Your team, Mez 12, still outside the top 10 in the 14th position, 5,668. And here, the top 10 in the overall standing. So this is points earned all year long in the team Blaine and NASCAR Fantasy Live League. 10th, Alyssa C, 5,711. 9th, Whip Wilson, 5,731. 8th, Vike 21, 5,747. And 7th is Blaring Idiots, 5,775. Six Eric D fifteen five thousand seven eighty six fifth Penske fan twenty four five thousand seven ninety six fourth is Christian Dana five thousand eight oh eight third is Go Larson five thousand eight twenty five second is Blaney's Daisy at five thousand nine twenty three and leading the way first position Factory of Sadness six five thousand nine hundred and eighty four points and Steve that brings us to the race that's upcoming this weekend. At Talladega Super Speedway, the second visit to this track in 2023. It is the final Super Speedway race of 2023 for the NASCAR Cup Series. And everything is going to kick off on Saturday, September 30th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time as NASCAR Cup Series practice and qual. Or Sorry, every time it gets me. Mm-hmm. 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series qualifying session at Talladega. You can see that on the USA Network. Uh, If you aren't too busy watching college football earlier in the day, 1 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series loves RV Stop 250 at Talladega. Um, Let's see if uh, Zane Smith can advance himself out of that into the next round of the Truck Series playoffs. He's going to have a teammate uh, this week at Front Row Motorsports. They're putting Brett Moffitt in a team truck uh, to Zane. So Zane's going to have a little bit more assistance out there in his bid to to continue on in the playoffs. And again, we always mention Zane because uh, Ryan spotter, Josh Williams is also the spotter for Zane Smith on the truck side Sunday, this Sunday, October 4th, 2 PM Eastern time, the NASCAR cup series, Yellowwood 500 at Talladega on NBC and note that every race, the rest of the way for the cup series will be on NBC. We are done with the USA portion of the schedule. So keep that in mind. Um, going to be on the big network network the rest of the way as uh, we navigate through the rest of the playoffs. So we just wrapped up our fantasy live segment. So I want to talk about some drivers to watch at Talladega. And one of those that has to be on your list is our guy, Ryan Blaney, 18 starts in his career at Talladega, an average start of 12th, an average finish of 15.2 does have four DNFs. But more importantly, seven top tens, five top fives, and two of his career victories have come at Talladega. And coming into this race, two straight runner-up finishes in uh, the fall race of 22 and the spring race of 23. Um, He went back-to-back with those victories in 2019 in the fall race and 2020 in the spring race. So. Uh, one of the best guys at Talladega. He's, he, he was even uh, inducted into the Talladega Walk of Fame earlier in the spring because of his, his success there. Um, so if you don't have Ryan Blaney on your fantasy lineup, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, unless you've used him up already with your five starts. It's uh, possible. That's true. You know, one, two, three, four. Oh, nope. Nope. Can't, nope. Not yet. You should, you should have one more. Uh, so, yeah, use him up now. Um Otherwise, you know, you're going to look at uh, guys who finished well in spring. You know, Bubba was actually leading till they tried to block Ryan. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we uh, we were both there for that. Um, the A car did win win that race. He lucked out. Uh, he got to the 
next scoring loop before anybody else. Um, but uh, the the guys who race really well in super speedways and here, here's the thing about the cut line situation. Okay. So we're looking at 11 below it. Okay. I always say you have to beat four guys. Okay. This whole thing between now next week and the Roval is you have to beat four guys. So race out front of this race. Don't be involved in any messes. Try to get as many stage points as you can. But look for the guys who have issues, you know, who who doesn't run well within the playoffs. You know, Martin Truex has never won a super speedway race, doesn't like this kind of racing. You know, guys like uh, Byron now have nothing to lose, so they might get a, stay out of the way, you know, um, but they might be trying to help their teammates. A guy like Larson. Thing is, if he gets the help at the wrong time in the right, wrong place, who knows, you know, so, uh, you know. Hopefully we're staying out front, leading a lot of laps, edge of the seat, good pit stops here, get the, get the fuel in the car they need to get to the end of the stages and uh, win a couple stages and then uh, be there at the end. You know, that's, that's the best thing you can hope for on the day. Um, I'm sure that's the strategy and uh, I can't wait to be there this weekend. So let's go back and look at the drivers that have won at Talladega and we'll go back to 2018 here. Uh, Joey Logano, Eric Almarola, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch. So um, Ryan went back to back those years, a couple of wins there for Keselowski. I mean, Logano has been good there, even though he doesn't, I think he said before, he doesn't necessarily like Talladega, but he's had some pretty decent success there over his career. Um, guys that I think could get a breakout win, is this finally the race that Brad Keselowski wins a race for his team as he's watched his, you know, he owns the team partially and he's watched his, his teammate kind of outperform him. And I'm sure he's not angry about that. Uh, but, you know, since he's bought that team, Chris Buescher's won four races and he has mm-hmm. not won yet. Um, they won one, two at Daytona uh, just uh, in uh, August. So is this Keselowski's turn? Um, mm-hmm. Denny Hamlin did win there. Uh, in 2020 and looks like 2014 um he's always a threat on super speedway races but usually trends toward daytona you know three-time daytona 500 champion i think he's won the the summer race there a couple times as well bubble wallace got his first career victory there just a few years ago as you mentioned was leading the race earlier in the spring um always a threat to win um chase elliott's good there picked up a few victories too so um can the eight car redeem themselves and and go back to back and uh, sweep the the season at Talladega? Um, I don't know. I'm looking at the 23. I'm looking at the 12. Um, Joey, Brad, the the 17 car with Busher. Um, I hate to say it, but I think there's a ton of pressure on this 12 team for this race specifically because everyone says it. Great round for Ryan. He, you know, he's won at Texas in the all-star race. He went at one, you know, so we're past Texas. Well, he's won at Talladega multiple times. So yeah, that's great. Super volatile race. Uh, but he's won the Roval too. Uh, the next gen era on road courses, Ryan, unfortunately, is not, has not done well <laughs> finish wise. There's a, he has a pole here and there. He maybe a, a couple of top tens uh, has not executed really well on the road courses. I cannot see them relying on still trying to gain some points at the Roval. I think 
they got to do everything they can this week at Talladega to run up front, control the race, get as many stage points as points as they can and finish ahead of as many playoff guys as they possibly can and survive. And um, some folks are like, Oh, maybe you ride around in the back and survive. And that's how you're going to get your points by your finish. I don't think they could do that. I don't like when they go off that normal Penske model and try to do something else. Cause it just doesn't seem to work out. I think the key is them running up front. What do you think? Yeah, I'd like to see all four, you know, let's not forget uh, the, the 21 car, all four of those guys up in the top 10 um, in the stages, you know, and pushing each other. And uh, that way, you know what you're getting when you, you know, when you get a push, you know, um, especially uh, down the last lap or two of each stage, uh, really would like to see Joey or the two car behind him uh, at those points in times, because you don't know about the other guys and what they're, you know, they're going to try and bail and they're going to try and, and back up and they're going to try and get a run. And then you're going to be trying to block and, you know, all those different things that, that can cause something bad to happen. Um, you know, we, we don't want that. So uh, really controlling the race will be uh, real important, especially the, the end of the two stages. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's no melee uh, that they're in the middle of anywhere in this. One other kind of lighthearted non-Ryan Blaney thing to mention about Talladega. And I don't, did you see this announcement from Stuart, Ho- Stuart Haas racing today? Just yeah. before we, we started to record, it's going to be some shake and bake action <laughs> with uh, some tribute schemes to Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. with the 41 and the 14. What I love about this, outside of the numbers having to be pushed forward and being different numbers, um, they've pulled off the same paint schemes with the same sponsors. So they've got wonder bread on the 41. They have uh old spice, old spice on the 14. Yeah. They did a whole promo video with the two drivers that's modeled after the, the driving announcement they did on Talladega nights. They changed the logo of Stuart Haas racing to look like the Dennett racing logo from the mm. film. Um, I loved everything about it, but the fact that it seemed like they didn't let them say shake and bake because after all shake and bake is a real brand mm-hmm. and maybe they don't want to give them free publicity. So they didn't do that part of it. They, they said something, I think they said their names or something else, but man, um, headed to Talladega, um, you know, NAS- people that aren't even NASCAR fans never watched a NASCAR race have seen Talladega Nights, and this is pretty hilarious. Over the years, we've seen tons of tribute schemes, but no one's ever actually really done it with the actual uh, sponsors. A long time ago, Kurt Busch it's did a, a uh, did it with the me with the the, the Panther or whatever mm-hmm. on the car mm-hmm. when he was yeah. running those couple years between Penske and and Stuart Haas. So um, that was probably the closest they got back then. But this is really cool to actually see the real sponsors on the cars. Um, I've mentioned that, you know, if Ryan priest gets caught up in a crash, he has to get out of that car and start running around. Like he's on fire. Right. <laughs> he has to do it. Right. If, if yeah. you can do it safely, <laughs> or, or run, uh, you know, the two of them run for the finish line, you yeah. know, who's going to be doing that. Who's going to be, gonna be Jean Girard, you know, that's true. There, yeah. There's, there's not a Perrier. Uh, I think it was Perrier water, uh, water right? So. Actually. Yeah. That, you know, they have two more teams. They should have hurried up and put that together. Ah, uh, that's true. So yeah. anyway, that was just a fun thing to, it was people, some actually uh, up to like, I think two or three weeks ago, somebody had posted uh, on, on Twitter, a, uh, a picture from inside the Stuart Haas shop where they just saw like the quarter panel of the 41 car that looked like it could be mm-hmm. the wonder bread car from the, the movie. And uh, here we are. They actually, yeah, they actually pulled it off. So I'm not rooting for those guys to win or anything, but I think it's cool. It's funny. You're watching this weekend. You're going to be looking for the Menards Pennzoil scheme. 
on Ryan's car, which is that white and yellow um, scheme, which is actually going to be, I think, pretty cool for Josh to pick out um, when they're at a distance. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of other cars that are going to be that paint scheme. So the way those yellow numbers light up on the on the the top of the hood and everything like that should be pretty good. So again, if you want to tune in this weekend, practice and qualifying is on Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time at Talladega. Just qualifying. I did it again. Just qualifying. Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series, Yellowwood 500, Talladega Super Speedway, the second race in the round of 12 in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. So that wraps up our NASCAR coverage. One more dirt update. We need to give the Blaney brothers were back in action this past week as Sharon Speedway welcomed the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series for their season finale race at the track in Northeast Ohio. Uh, Blaney's did pretty well. They qualified to the feature, the A main event through their heat races, and uh, they raced from mid pack up to Dave finished seventh, I believe. Dale finished eighth. So both Blaney's got a top 10 with the World of Outlaws, which, you know, these are the best among the best sprint car drivers in the country, let alone possibly the world uh, for the two of them, part-time drivers, basically to, to kind of jump in there at their home track, finish top 10. I think it was pretty awesome to see. And uh, tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday, Lernerville Speedway is going to have the high limit sprint car series, which is that series that's promoted by Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson. Lernerville, cool thing that's happening. Um, if you're in the area and you might want to get a peek at Dale Jr., uh, Larson has convinced Dale Earnhardt Jr. to come to Lernerville Speedway, his first time ever there. And uh, I don't know if it's the first time he's ever been to a, a 410 sprint car race or not. I don't think he's been to too many, uh, but he's going to be in the house at Lernerville to take in that high limit sprint car race. If you want to watch it uh, tomorrow evening, Tuesday evening, the 26th of September, it's going to be on Flow Racing. So who knows, Dale Blaney, I can't confirm that he's going to be there or Dave, but Dale has run Lernerville multiple times in 2023. So uh, with his experience and that 32 car running really well this year, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw the low rider up there and uh, trying to compete with the rest of those guys in that high limit series, which um, has some pretty big purses, pretty big payouts and should be a really good race. And I encourage anybody that can get out there on a, on a Tuesday night and uh, go see it to go do it. If, um, if you've ever uh, seen Lernerville, or if you haven't ever seen Lernerville, uh, tune in if you can, because it's a really interesting track. Um, the backstretch, there's no wall. Uh, and there are guys who will come out of two sometimes and disappear up over top of <laughs> behind, down the backstretch, all of a sudden disappear over the backside and then come back up coming into three, not on purpose, but uh, uh, it can be done. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a really kind of a cool thing at the track there. There's no, no backside wall. There's just a little bit of a berm uh, and it kind of goes downhill back there. So you can actually kind of disappear into the night and then come back into three all of a sudden. Uh, it's it's not done to gain position. Let's put it that way. You definitely not. Position, but, but there, I've seen guys get run off the track and then they come back up onto the track from the other side. So uh, it's a kind of a cool thing to watch and uh, watch out for if you're watching. Yeah. So hopefully they put on a great show for Dale Jr. and maybe he'll. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he needs to start a dirt team. Let's see if they can convince him to do that. <laughs> so thank you everyone once again for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve. Just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and X, formerly Twitter, at Team Blaney, and on Instagram and TikTok at Team 
dot blaney uh also throw a shout out to jan man 33 he was a special guest with us last week's episode we got that if you missed that interview it's on youtube in video form uh you can listen back to the audio form too as well um he has a tiktok jan man 33 if i'm correct uh he's the driver of the elgin sweeper truck he also uh hauls things around the country with champion tire and wheel uh all the way around the country with the NASCAR cup series circuit. So we even asked NASCAR circuit in general. So really cool interview with him. Follow him on TikTok, Janman 33. Finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney family foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's association and UPMC sports medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney bunch fan club to learn more, visit Ryan Blaney family foundation.org or follow them on all their active social media channels. And uh, they threw a teaser out this past week. You know, they've been doing the golf event the last few years, and I don't know if this is going to supplement that or not, but they put out a logo with uh, some pickleball action in the future for the Ryan Blaney family foundation. Sounds like they got something brewing for uh, either later this year or next year that involves the sport of pickleball and, uh, if you haven't heard about pickleball, go ahead and do a search for it. But lots of drivers and teams and celebrities around the country have all picked up on this kind of low-impact sport. And uh, uh, we've seen some other places doing something. So take a look at the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation social media accounts uh, and follow them to see if they have any updates on what's going to be happening with that. So for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.